the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Remember, we learned in chapter 3 that God identifies himself when he says, Who should I tell them sent me? God says, I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the one worthy to be your master, worthy to be your boss. I am the Lord. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Moses teaches us how to go forward, even when the circumstances of life are not what you would wish they would be. So I hope you find your copy of God's Word. You always need that when we come together to worship. You need that because that's God speaking to you. You need that to make sure I'm telling the truth, and you'll need that to follow along because we spend a lot of time in God's Word. I would recommend, if you're worshiping with us in person, that you get in the habit of bringing a print copy of God's Word. That way you can mark it up and kind of turn the pages, and we've brought the lights up so you can see those words on those pages. But whether it's a print copy or a copy uh, that's electronic, I want to encourage you to find Exodus chapter 5. We're going to be there in a minute, but before we get there, let me remind you of what we have learned. We met Moses as a baby, and Moses taught us that God is on the move. Even when we don't see him, even when we don't feel him, even when we don't understand, God is at work moving in and around us. He did that by delivering Moses as a baby, even though an evil king had ordered that all the babies be killed. Moses was raised in the palace and royalty. Then when he was 40 years old, he got into trouble. That trouble caused him to go into the desert of Midian, and he wandered for the next 40 years. And that's when we begin to learn that life is filled with God moments, opportunities for us to encounter God, and how we respond to those God moments will determine They'll determine our destiny, really. Moses had one of those God moments, even as a a man who was 80 years old. He encountered God at the burning bush. We may not have that exact burning bush kind of moment, but we can have God encounters. and, And those God encounters can change us, just like that one changed Moses. They develop us. You see, that's what God does. He delivers us to develop us so that we might discover our destiny. Well, that God moment for Moses resulted in a decision. Like you and me, he had to decide what was he going to do with what God was asking him to do. Because in that God moment, just like when we come together for worship, God didn't show up for Moses just so that he could see more God. God showed up so that he could receive instruction from God to do what God created him to do. Moses was learning that we are saved to be sent That's true of all of us. So Moses began this debate with God. 
he had some excuses. You remember what they were. First of all, he said, well, who am I, God? I mean, who am I to do this big thing you're asking me to do? Some of you have felt that way. Some of, sometimes Moses was saying, who are you, God? I mean, really? Is, is this the kind of God you are? Then, then he would say, well, what if this happens, God? Or what if that happens? And some of you live in that land of the what ifs. We call that the land of the worry warts. You never are fully trusting of God. Then finally Moses said, I can't. That's where some of you are today. I can't. God, maybe you can do this, but I I can't do this. And at the end, when God rejected all of those excuses, Moses resulted to this. There's got to be somebody else. Somebody else can do it better than me. Isn't there anyone? I mean, anybody, God, other than me. The Bible says that those excuses angered God. But God still used Moses. How many of you are thankful that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will? I'm so grateful for that truth. That even when we've blown it, even when we failed him, even when we haven't done things his way, he calls us to greatness for his glory. Hey, here's a quick question for you. What is your calling? Did you know you have a calling? If you're a Christ follower, you have a calling. It's not just for those of us who are preachers or or worship leaders or missionaries. You have a calling. God may be calling you to be one of those things. But God may be calling you to be a godly doctor or a godly lawyer or a godly engineer or a godly public servant, godly teacher. What is your calling And are you in a good place today to respond to God's call? Someone said, a career is what you're paid for, but a calling is what you're made for. What were you made for? What is it that God wants to do for your glory? If he saved you to send you, where does he want to send you? Where where has he sent you? And how have you responded to that call? Well, Moses and God have this argument. And then in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 21, notice what takes place. The Lord says to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. So I just want to bring you up to speed and then we're going to jump into some new passages. But God says at the burning bush, Moses, I've heard my people cry. I've seen them cry. I know what they're going through and I'm going to come down and deliver them. And by the way, Moses, I'm going to do that through you. So Moses, here's what I need you to do. Go to the Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. But Moses... I'm going to keep him from letting my people go. Did you know that you can be in the center of God's will and still not feel like things are working out? You can be doing exactly what God's asking you to do. And yet if you look around, you say, boy, this ain't going well. And that's kind of what happened in the life of Moses. And we're going to pick up on some of those things today. And we're going to see how do you press on? How do you go forward when all the circumstances around you overwhelmingly make you want to just stop and give up? Look in Exodus chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Afterward, 
Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go. Say, let my people go. You may have seen that old movie, The Ten Commandments, but you've heard that. Moses goes to Pharaoh. This isn't the Pharaoh that that knew Joseph. This isn't the Pharaoh that was there when Moses was born. This is a third one. But Moses goes to him and he says, let my people go. But notice what happens. Let them go so that they may hold a feast in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And let Israel go. I do not know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. Did you hear that? Moses obeyed God. He did exactly what God told him to do. And yet, the Pharaoh didn't listen. Which, by the way, was exactly what God said was going to happen. But I want you to focus on his response. Who is the Lord? Say that. Say, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? Did you know that everyone who ever lives is going to have to one day answer that question? Who is the Lord? And maybe today you need to answer this question. Who is your Lord? Who is your boss? Who's driving you and giving you the passion and focusing your energy? Is it your image? What other people think about you? Whether or not they're pleased with your actions or your attitude? Is it what you have, your income or your possessions? Is it the job title you have? Is it your family? Is that what really is driving you? I'm going to do whatever I need to for my family. You know, when the Bible says that God is the Lord, it's a term that was introduced just now to Moses. And and what God is saying is, I want to be large and in charge. I want to be the number one thing because there is none like me. And so in Christian churches, when we talk about being saved or becoming a follower of Christ, what we're saying is that we bend the knee and we submit our lives to his lordship. He's the one who's in control of our life. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that God highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And then listen to what it goes on to say in verse 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and on, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know the Lord? Occasionally I come in contact with people that they have the attitude of this Pharaoh. I don't know the Lord. So I'm not going to do what he asks. I'm just going to live my life my way. I hope that's not you today. Well, even though God had warned Moses, this really frustrated him. And we know that because at the end of chapter 5, Moses says that to God. Look at chapter 5, verse 22. Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, why have you done evil to the people? Why did you even send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have, delivered your, you have, you have not delivered your people at all. See, when Moses went to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go, and Pharaoh said, who is this Lord? I'm not going to do what he asked. It just angered him. And so he enslaved the people more. He made them work harder. And so here we are at the end of chapter 5, and Moses says, God, 
This went from bad to worse. And maybe that's the way you felt. And maybe you started doing some of those things that God wanted you to do and you haven't got the response you wanted. Maybe you shared your faith with a friend or a family member and and they didn't instantly become the next Billy Graham. (laughs) Or or maybe you finally started to give like scripture teaches and and you're you're trying to become generous and and you didn't win the lottery. Or or maybe you're trying to stay faithful in your marriage and, and keep things together because you know that's honoring to God, but it still is not easy. And what you've got to decide is when you come to those moments, are you going to quit? Or are you going to keep listening to the Lord? Because he always has a response. And he responded to Moses in chapter 6 in verse 1. But the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his Israel. God is saying, hey, you just wait, Moses. I'm going to take care of this. I've got this. We regularly tell you, nothing catches God off guard. He never has aha moments. Nothing in your life is ever going to cause God to go, wow, I didn't see that coming. He is a sovereign God. And that means everything that happens, he either caused or he allowed to happen for your good and his glory. You've just got to decide, am I going to trust him? Am I going to follow him? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So let me just walk you through very quickly three chapters worth of Moses going back and back and back again. First, he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. Say, let my people go. go. Yeah, you didn't get much better that time. So next time I ask you, I want you to be ready. Okay, so he said, let my people go. And if you don't, I want to show you the power of God. And so he threw his staff down just like God had taught him, right? Because God gives you in your hand that which you need to do, that which he has called you to do. So he throws his staff down and it turns into a snake. And he picked, oh, steak, thank you, Lord. Baked potato. Mm, loaded. All right, so back to the message. So it turns into a snake, and then he picks it back up, and it's his staff again. And Moses thinks, that, that's going to show him. But God had a different plan. And so all these magicians, they come out from the Pharaoh, and they do the exact same thing. They're like, cool, we can do that too. And so do you know what Pharaoh says in chapter 7 and verse 13? It says, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. So Moses has got to decide, do I go back? And so he does. And so the plagues begin. 
You know what the first plague was? Turning the Nile River into blood. Can you imagine if you went over to the Gulf and you walked out on the beach and it was all blood instead of salty water? I mean, that's what this moment was like. This greatest river in the known world was turned to blood. And, and so Moses went to Pharaoh and he said, that's right. And uh, Pharaoh was like, I don't know. And he said, if you don't, I'm going to turn the Nile to blood. And Pharaoh said, go ahead. And so he did it. Well, Pharaoh's in like, no, that's not good. Turn it back. And, and so he turned it back. But listen to what it says in verse 22. But Pharaoh's heart remained hardened. And he would not listen to them, by the way, just as the Lord had said. And then God brought a plague of frogs. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, if you don't, there's going to be a lot of frogs. Pharaoh says, bring it on. But he didn't know what he wanted. And so I don't know if your house, but at my house in summer, I think there was a plague of frogs. I mean, they wake me up at night, but I can't imagine what it's like if they're just everywhere. I mean, you go to step outside and you're like, I stepped on another frog. I mean, they're everywhere. So finally, Pharaoh says, get rid of these frogs. I'll do it. And Moses gets rid of the frogs. And then in chapter 8 and verse 15, it says, but when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, the frogs were gone, he hardened his heart. He would not listen, just as the Lord had said. Well, then there was a plague of gnats. Have you ever been out at a ball game or maybe out by your pool here in Florida and seen no seams or gnats are just everywhere and you find yourself just swatting gnats? Can you imagine if they were just swarming in society? The gnats come and at this point, the Pharaoh says, oh, get rid of these gnats. Moses has told him to let the people go. But at the end, when the gnats are gone, in verse 19, it says, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. And then there was the plague of flies. Moses goes to the Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. Doesn't happen, so the flies come. In the midst of that, in verse 28, Pharaoh finally relents and he says, all right, I'm going to do it. This time for real, I'm going to do it. So the flies are gone. But it says in verse 32 that Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. Moses went back to Pharaoh again, and he said, Just seeing if you're still awake. Pharaoh wasn't really interested, so God sent a plague on the livestock. Now, let me just explain that, what that was. That was the, the cattle, the cows, the horses, the camels, the donkeys. All of them would get sick and die. Society would be deeply impacted. When the Pharaoh began to see this, the Bible tells us that he acted like things were going to be okay, but at the end of the day, when that stopped, it says in chapter 9 and verse 7, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And so God sent a plague of boils. I hope you've not had a boil. I would just tell you, not fun, painful, awful. Can you imagine that everybody you looked at was covered in these painful sores? Pharaoh began to see this. Moses had said, let my people go. 
Verse 12 says, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not listen to them as the Lord had spoken to Moses. And then there's a plague of hail. You ever been in a hail storm? Right after Kimberly and I were married, we were in Texas and everything's bigger in Texas. And in Texas, there was a hail storm and we went out after the storm and our cars were all dented up from the hail. And we found a piece of hail that was the size of a softball. I'd never seen anything like it. We literally saved it in our freezer for the next year. It was amazing. Can you imagine that kind of hail falling from the sky? That's what happened. In verse 27, it says that as a result of that, Pharaoh confessed. Confession means to agree with God. So he's like, all right, I get it. I, I'm, I'm going to do this right. Uh, God, I confess. But then again, in verse 34, look at this story. When the Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So then God sent locusts. <laughs> locusts. They would destroy the crops. The livestock's been destroyed. Now the crops are going to be destroyed. They're not going to have anything to eat. But look at chapter 10, verse 1. Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh. I've hardened his heart, the heart of the servants. I may show these signs of mine among them that you may tell the hearing of your son and of your grandsons how I've dealt harshly with the Egyptians, what signs I've done among them that they may know that I am the Lord. So God's telling him, hey, keep, keep on keeping on, Moses. Uh, one way or the other, I want them to know that I'm God. And so in verse 17, after this plague, the Pharaoh says, oh, forgive me my sins. And I can relate to this as a pastor. 25 years. Because I've watched people that come into a moment like this, or maybe they experience a great weekend as a student. Or they go to a camp. Or they're in a revival. Oh, God, forgive me. Or every Sunday. It's, oh, God, forgive me. And then Monday through Saturday, they live like hell. Because it was remorse without repentance. See, repentance, remember, we teach this regularly. means I'm going in this way. But because I want Jesus to be Lord, I've got a complete change of direction. And now I'm going in an opposite direction. If there's not been change, there's, no been, there, there's not been repentance, right? So you've got this addiction that you're struggling with. You can be sorry because you know that's wrong, but if there's not change, there's not been repentance. You may have this uh, habit of putting stuff into your body, substance abuse, and you know that's not healthy, it's not okay. You may be sorry about that, but if there's not change, there's not been repentance, We've got to keep going back and, and remember what God did. Remember what he's done for us. He's our deliverer. He's our rescuer. If you've been saved, if you're a Christ follower who's already stepped across the faith line, if you know when your life ends, you're going to spend forever in heaven, aren't you thankful that God delivered you? Aren't you thankful that he rescued you? Aren't you thankful that he picked you up, as the song said, and turned you around, that he put your feet on solid ground? that should stir us up and when we go through tough times and, and we think man it, it couldn't be worse if you're a Christ follower never say that yeah it could be worse you could be on a one way path to hell but God delivered you 
You have a future. That's what God does. Now, I've been telling you, we're studying Moses, but this is pointing us to Jesus. Everything points us to Jesus. Let me illustrate it. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present age according to the will of our God and Father. Do you know that God can deliver you? He can rescue you? Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. We'll come back to this, but understand, he says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.